Welcome to another edition of the In Search SEO Podcast, where we paint the town red with search marketing insights. We've got a phenomenal guest for you today. Rachel Sloven of Kahina Digital chats with us all about how to push your SEO agency or SEO team forward in difficult times, how to handle hard times while maintaining a growth trajectory, how to best allocate resources and teams and stay current so your agency or team doesn't become stale. And when times are good, how do you know when it's time for your team to grow? But before that, we get into life under the weight of COVID-19 and some tips on working at home from a serial remoter, i.e. me and Sapir. I am your host, Morty Oberstein, and I am joined by the exultant, the waggish, Sapir Carabello. Hello, Morty. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I am, uh, other than being scared to death, I'm fine. Scared to death? Yeah. Why? I know. It's a, uh, why? I don't know. <laughs> what can you think of? Um, no, it's not COVID-19. It's the fact I am stuck at home with my children. Uh, I knew you were going to answer that. <laughs> no, because no, my wife is a nurse, so she has to go. To, she actually has to go to work like in person. Oh, right. Which is, that, is, by the way, is very scary. Um, and I have the children at home, and I have the big kids. Watching the little kids so I can try to work. So you were the big kid, right? Normally. <laughs> normally I am the big kid, but now I am a parent. Aww. I'm trying to be a parent. <laughs> um, so I'm going to know how it's going. Basically, okay, so, like, so I, I am one more spill or broken dish away from being institutionalized. Yeah. L- la- last week, um, I hear one of, the, one of the big kids yelling, he's smearing poop. Ew, like, oh my God. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's smearing poop on your door to your office. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, he was smearing poop on the door oh, to my office. No. Not the big kid, one of the baby. The baby was doing that. <laughs> so that, that's how my life has been going. Oh, that's, that's okay. Yeah. Yep. Now I get it. Now you get it. Now I get it. Now you get it. <laughs> yeah, but so by the way, they, they could bust in here any at any at any moment. Okay. No. And I feel like people nowadays are working at home. You know the famous CNN video where there was like a some, or BBC video rather, yeah. where there's some dude having a conference call and the kid comes in, he's pushing him away. Yeah, just just embrace it. Like they're gonna walk in here, fine. They'll be part of the podcast. <laughs> they can smear poop in the microphone. Yeah, Morty. <laughs> Wait till you have children. Okay. Do not forget, we put out a new episode of the In Search SEO Podcast each and every Tuesday. You can find it on the Rank Ranger blog. You can find it on SoundCloud, on Stitcher, on Spotify, or wherever good podcasts are found. And you may subscribe on iTunes. Also, fresh off the press, we have officially released our reputation management tracking suite. Want to know what people have been saying behind your back? Ask your partner. Want to know what people are saying about you on the SERP? Ask our tool. Track brand sentiment on the SERP for any and every keyword you track. See what sentiment SERP features have been offering potential customers. And if you read our blog about the release of our management uh, reputation management rank tracking suite, you'll get some great ideas on how to handle some of these problems. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great new tool. Great blog post. Go check it out. Thank you. Welcome. That's one 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 dollar for each plug. Thank you, Sapir. <laughs> um, great show for you as always. The both funny and smart Rachel Sloven is here chatting about um SEO agencies and SEO teams. Um, and no, I am not a hardly cold jerk face. You're not. Okay, so um, no, not in real life. I just play one on TV. So, yeah, well, yeah. take it or leave it. <laughs> this this interview was recorded probably a month ago. Mm-hmm. We have a ginormous queue of interviews that we've done, and that, that's a good thing, I guess, but sometimes it means that um, things get delayed a little bit from the actual recording date. Um, and, and in this case, I was very hesitant to not push this interview off. So if you're going to go on Twitter and you're going to go whatever, it's like, Morty's a you know a jerk face. You mean you didn't listen to this part of the podcast? I was going to push this off. Um, I wasn't sure it was entirely appropriate. We talk, we do talk about growing your SEO agency and growing your SEO team, and that's kind of insensitive, I think. Um, but then I was listening through the interview, and, and I, I thought to myself, there are some things here that I think are very, very um, timely and and are very relevant, and I decided not to postpone it. 
So while there may be some things that you might think are a bit insensitive, the reason why I'm keeping, the reason why we're keeping the, actually, I'll put it on me. It was my decision. I made the call. If you don't like it, blame not blame me. But the reason why I'm keeping it in and pushing the interview today and not pushing it off is because there's a lot of stuff we actually talk about um, how to handle difficult situations where you, you're trying to grow, but all of a sudden you have to scale back a little bit. So I thought that was very timely. Um, we get into running the day-to-day um, ongoings of an SEO team, of an SEO agency, and I think that's very, very timely and very important in these times. And we also talk about how to best allocate resources, which again, I think is very timely. So while there may be some things that kind of don't fit what's going on in the greater world around us, one, this will blow over hopefully, and it will become relevant again. And there are really a lot, a large part of the conversation was, I thought, very timely. So I am not a jerk face. I carefully weighed the decision and I went ahead anyway. And hopefully um, I made the right decision. Right. No, yeah. I, yeah. I, think, I think it's okay. I think you did the right decision. Thank you. I appreciate your, I appreciate your confidence in me. <laughs> Always. Okay. Okay. Before we get to that, so we have a segment that we call Staying In-House. And usually... That's us talking about a piece of analysis we did in our blog and adding on to it or you know, going into a, a more granular analysis of what we put in our blog. But in this case, due to corona, we are going to talk about doing SEO remotely, as in we're literally staying in-house. Welcome to my world, folks. Four out of five days, I work remotely. The only difference is now, as I mentioned before, I have four kids at home smearing poop on my door. <laughs> Thank you. Mark. That's really the only difference. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah, you keep reminding. Do you want me to, uh, do you want me to describe the poo no, for you? No, no, no. Go ahead. No. Okay. Go, you know, move on. Sure. I could. <laughs> no. It was memorable. It's okay. Okay. So um, at the risk of sounding cliche, I guess, we're going to talk about some of our tips for working at home. Um, I, I know it may not be the deepest conversation we've ever had on this podcast. I feel it's timely, though. Um, maybe these are things you've heard before. Um, we'll hopefully try to put our own little spin on it so it's not exactly what you heard before. So what I'm trying to say is have a listen because these are our professional tips for remoters because I am a professional remoter. You are as well. You work from home, too, a lot, Sapir, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know what? Let's start like this, okay? Since you start, since you start, since you also work from home, yeah. why don't you share with the good folks out there in the SEO world with our wonderful listeners, how does it work for you? So, um, as most things, it has advantages and disadvantages, I guess. But for me personally, I find that the advantages outweigh the disadvantages. Such as? Um, I mean, usually I need to, I need to take public transport to go to work, so you know I can avoid that. Um, commuting time, I have more quiet when I work at home. So yeah. Yeah, people don't realize that, by the way. Like you think, oh, I have so many distractions when I work at home. I find I'm more distracted in the office. Yeah, right. I agree. Uh huh. A million percent. Like, I can like lock myself in my office here. Normally, when the kids aren't smearing poop on my door. I have total, you know, you know, sanctity in my office. Right. Whereas, when you're in an actual office environment, there's this person and that person and this person, all these people. Right. There are yeah. disadvantages, though. Like if you have okay. like a technical malfunction, like at home, so there's nothing you can do. Or right. Um. I mean, you need to to wait for a response from your colleagues. When at at the office, you can just be like, "Hey, Mike," you know. <laughs> We don't have a mic in the office. We have a Michael. Who, who, who we have a Michael. Okay. We don't call him Mike. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to I didn't mean to interrupt your flow. Thanks, Marty. Well, I'm sure you yeah. did. But, but technical malfunction can happen in the office though at the same time. Yeah, but then everyone are having to deal with it, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, so you have to call the internet company yourself. That does suck. <laughs> I've been there. Right. Yeah. By the way, tethering from your phone does work, so if you're in a pinch. Thank you, Marty. No, you're welcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I pretty much agree with you. I generally like working from home. I like the flexibility that it offers. Um, it's more productive for me, like I said. Less distractions, less time traveling, of course, like you said, and no one bothers me. I'm not a people person, despite what it may sound like. <laughs> um, despite what it may sound not, like. I'm I am, not surprised. Yeah. No. 
Yeah, I like being alone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, being that you generally like working from home. Yeah. And now many people are now working at home. Right. What would be your advice for working at home? Ooh, advice. Um, advice. Well, I'd say maybe the first thing you should do is letting your family know your working schedule. I mean, if you live with family members and if you have like a regular working schedule. So I or live, roommates. Yeah, I live with some roommates. family members and they all know like exactly when I start working and when I finish. So they not, know not to interrupt and, you know, that, that helps. <laughs> do, do they listen? No, right now, Does no. Your family listen? No. <laughs> I hope not. You should just say, I have Corona. Don't come into my room. <laughs> one of my, one, I have two and eight-year-old boys, and one of them was like, don't breathe on me. You're going to give me Corona. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Sorry. Can sorry. I continue? Yeah. You don't need my permission. <laughs> um, I also have a, a small room in my house that I use as like my working space. So I do find that I can concentrate better there. Then, you know, working from the living room or whatever. Yeah, that's a good um, idea. What else? Well, I mean, Come basically, on, you just more. know what is essential for you to, to work, like, efficiently and make sure that you have it at home. So, like, for me, I need, like, cups of coffee um, in order to work. <laughs> for me, <laughs> so, it's whiskey, but yeah. Right? I just make sure that I have, like, enough of milk and my coffee brand, whatever. And, yeah. That's, that's what is your coffee brand? What is your coffee brand? I like Jacob. Ugh, disgusting. We've, we've talked about this before. It's disgusting. Please. Um, what is your coffee yeah, brand? I, um, I like Seattle's Best. That's my, my preferred brew. Okay. Starbucks sometimes. It depends on the mood. What? Starbucks? Pete's. Really? Pete's. Yeah. Pete's coffee's good. Um, Amazon, by the way, has this like ginormous bag. It's like for like 15 bucks. Oh. Like, it's their own brand. Yeah, it's actually, it's actually really good. Is it? Yeah. Okay, no. I'd recommend it. For all your, by, by the way, like that actually applies now because as far as I understand, Amazon is not shipping out. Yeah, I heard. Um, yeah, other than like, you know, medical essential. Although coffee should be an essential. That's a mental <laughs> health essential I for agree. me. Also blow darts. Okay. So I can, you know, African blow darts. So I can like kids bother me. <laughs> That's one down. Nice, right in the jugular. Okay, <laughs> I'm nice. losing. I, I'm telling you, I'm literally one milk spill away from an institution. <laughs> how, about, um, how about you tell us your advice? Um, yeah. Really? You want to know my advice yeah, for working at home? Sure. Don't have children here. <laughs> That's my advice. <laughs> I I am almost going to go out and start licking telephone poles trying to get corona <laughs> so I get to go to isolation. So if you see like some guy in the news like running around naked like licking <laughs> telephone poles, that's because of the spilled milk. Nice. Okay. Um, some of the things you hit on. Some of the things you hit on. Like set a, Okay. We'll just start. Set a schedule. Now, I know you probably hear this a lot. I think everyone's going to say, make sure you set a schedule, proper work-life balance. But I'm going to tell you, Morty's take, don't stick to it. Don't Screw around with it. What? Don't stick to it. Okay. Give you, enjoy that flexibility, but within boundaries. Let me try to explain. Like, I, okay, my schedule every day is to start work at 8 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. I usually don't start till 8.30. Okay. Eight o'clock is based upon like when I should normally be home from taking my kids to, to school because that doesn't apply now. I'm just using it as an example. Right. Okay, but I come home it's already eight ten, eight fifteen. Maybe maybe I want to take a you know, before I start work, like, you know, relax for a few minutes, catch up on some of the wide world of sports or whatever. I give myself that flexibility as long as I keep within general structure. So I start my my schedule says eight. If I start at eight twenty, I'm not gonna kill myself over it. Mm. I might purposely start at eight twenty or eight thirty, just so I could give myself like you know enjoy that flexibility. Why why the heck not? Yeah. Yeah. I would say by the way, more than starting time, ending time is more important. Okay. Because it's very easy to just keep working and working and working, if you're a bit of a perfectionist like I am at sometimes. And that's very disruptive to your work-life balance, as we discussed with Kelly Stanzi a few weeks ago. So that's my that's my advice on schedule okay. setting. Don't go with the cliche. You must have a rigid schedule, unless you're like. By the way, everything I'm telling you now, it's like all dependent upon your personality. I agree. Like know know thyself. That makes sense, right? Yeah. 
Right. So you're a slacker. You should like disappear. You just start to eat. Hey. Exactly. <laughs> Moving on. Um, <laughs> advice number two. Yeah. Advice number two. I'm going to talk about guilt. Guilt. Okay. Because guilt. Yes, guilt. There is a lot of guilt, and then I, when I first started working at home, that that sort of crept up. Like, can I take a break to watch YouTube? Yes. Like, I, I take a, a lunch break. I do not work through my lunch break. When I'm in the office, I do. But at home, I, I do not work through my lunch break. I take a break. I watch a YouTube video. I eat my lunch. Like, that's my schedule. That's my routine. And I have, by the way, I do have a set time for lunch. That's also my thing. That may not be your thing, whatever. Yeah. But I find if I don't, if I don't set a time, I will just keep going. And that's bad. But there's a lot of guilt, I think, that like, you know, like, I don't know, like, should I, should I feel guilty if I take a minute and throw my laundry into the wash? No. Like, would you feel guilty if on the way back from the water cooler, the way back from the coffee machine, or the way back from the kitchen to the office, someone pulls you aside and they have, you have a whole chit chat about whatever, like whatever stupid celebrity did whatever stupid thing? No. no. You're like, yeah, you know, I'm not a machine. I'm a person. I'm a person. I can have a conversation with a coworker. Right. So same thing at home, like different, but different. You're not going to have a conversation with a coworker, like you know, chit chat with a coworker, unless you're talking to yourself, in which case call somebody. That's a problem. Right. Okay. We're people. We're not machines. Okay. So instead of chit chatting about the bachelor, you're going to throw a load of laundry into the machine. I call that like normal human break. Like you need like a second to reset. So when you go on the way back from the coffee machine, you have a chit chat with your coworker here to reset. You go take your laundry. You throw your dirty underwear in, you wash your hands afterwards, and then you go back to work. Okay. It's like, don't feel guilty as I'm trying to say. Especially now with the kids at home, people. Like, I hope I hope no one of my superiors hear me. I'm joking. Like, there is no way if you have kids at home, and I don't care what your situation, big kids, little kids, whatever it is, spouses, partners home, whatever it is, that you are going to have the same level of focus and quality and number of hours put in than you would normally working at home. Like, I used to work like crazy hours before this corona thing happened. Right. I'm not doing that now. I can't do that now. I can't afford it. I have the kids at home. I got things to take care of. It's just more complicated. I work. Okay, I still work more hours than I probably should, but it's not the same as before. And you shouldn't feel guilty about it. It just, it is what it is. Like, this is the world that we live in. Don't feel guilty. Right. If, if it's not, how often, I mean, come on, be honest. Are, are you sitting there refreshing the news? Like, what's going on out there? And by the way, that in itself is, I've heard many people talk about this, is distracting. Right? Like, come on, be honest up here. Yeah. With all the anxiety going on out there, oh, do you have course, the same focus? I no. Check, I check news websites like far more than I did when, you know, before this entire. So don't feel guilty. Do you feel yeah. guilty about it? Not really. <laughs> That's good. That's kind of my guilty personality. What can I say? <laughs> right. Um, this sort of leads me to my third piece of advice, which is, you know, don't feel guilty, set a schedule. But don't do the thing where, like, you, like, work a couple hours in the morning. Unless you can't avoid this. If you, if you can't avoid it, you can't avoid it. But don't do the thing where, you know, you, you do a couple hours in the morning. And then you say, I'll come back to it at night. I'll take a break. And then I'll come back. And I'll, I'll take another break after that and do a few more hours after that. Like, there's con- like that, that's just setting yourself up to be constantly working mm-hmm. and having work constantly looming over your head. I don't recommend that. I've done that before. And it kind of stressed me out. So, like, I, I recommend, again, for my personality type, you do your thing. You do you. Thanks. Do a, I mean, like, okay, now might be a little bit different. I, I, I start my day a little bit later because of the kids, and I, I, I do work an extra half hour, 45 minutes later at night, but I can't really avoid that. And I, I, for that half hour, 45 minutes, I kind of save all the, like, the stupid things I didn't, like, that don't require so much brain function. No, no, for real. If you're going to work later at night, just, like, save the stupid things. They just, like, you have to do, but, like, they're not really complicated. I, I, I try not to, like, chunk my day so that I'm not, like, always facing work. You have to give yourself that like emotional space. Then my, my general, my, my, enough for me yakking, my general point is to you people out there working from home, there is a lot to get you emotionally frazzled working from home, especially now. Whether it be having, you know, um, flexibility in your schedule, setting up, like Tapir said, a, a set place to work. All of these things can help you avoid that like sort of harried feeling or that frazzled emotional feeling you get that can come with working at home. 
So do what you need to do to avoid that. By the way, there are some resources out there to help you do all this. Alita Solis put out a group where you can, you know, get some ideas, share some ideas, and we'll link to that in the blog post. So like, you know, look for resources. And again, like, just try to give yourself that emotional space. Agreed? Agreed. Okay. Uh, enough about that. Let's talk about um, SEO agencies and SEO teams and running them and, and dealing with problems and resources. Again, as I said earlier, I did debate not releasing this interview and, and postponing it until later, but there were a lot of points about running an SEO agency and running an SEO team day-to-day, allocating resources, dealing with difficult times such as this. So that's why the interview is being kept in there. If you find some things that are a little bit off kilter, I understand. But overall, I thought there's a lot of valuable things for right now. So it's here. And this is our chat with Rachel Sloven. Cut one. Welcome to another In Search SEO podcast interview session. Today, joining us is the pillar that holds one of Israel's most respected digital marketing agencies together. She is the managing director of Kahina Digital. She is Rachel Sloven. Welcome. Thank you, Morty. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. So you currently live in Israel, but you're from Chicago, right? That is correct. I moved out here about 14 years ago. Wow. Um, no SEO background, came from Chicago, and have learned this crazy, wonderful industry over time. So I could talk to you about that, or I can ask you a very important question. Sure. Can you say car for me? I know you want me to say Come car. Come on. Just say, yes. Thank you. Thank you. You want so me to say car, <laughs> but I do drink my pop, and I, I don't pop, know what right. soda is. What do you call sneakers and I drink again? Water. Water. Which right. one? Sneakers. Is that a thing? Gym shoes. Gym shoes, right, right. Chicago's a totally different country, basically. It's a totally different country. My accent probably changed over time because I have so many friends who are what we call Anglos, which is South African, Australian, British, everywhere, New York even. But when I come back, I do notice that my accent is much, much stronger. And my (laughs) orange is much more orange than orange and everything else. Do you have a picture of Mike Ditka in in your house? No, no, but my favorite number is 23, and I'm a very big Michael Jordan fan. Okay. So. Well, that's cool. Yes. Yeah, Jordan's cool. I like Jordan, even though I'm a New Yorker. I get it. Even though he killed uh, us. He used to kill yeah. us every year. It sucked. Now we just suck in general, so it doesn't even matter anymore. Right. I do think I cried. I, I did cry. I don't want to say I think. I did cry when he retired. I, I was that kid, you know? <laughs> and then you uncried when he went to the Wizards. It, uh, ah. When he came back. First he came back. Right, he came back. Right, he, he, back. Right. he played baseball. baseball. A lot of change. <laughs> right. That was a smart move. He's a smart guy. I never understood that. He's got, you know, Haynes. He has a whole, you know, the shoes, everything. Why would you quit being the best basketball player ever to play minor league baseball? Yeah, it is a very good question. And, and I think he probably wanted to end on a high and, and not get too old for the sport because, you know, at, what was he at the time? Probably like 35. And it was already outdated in time right. to retire. But he never, he always looked 25 to me. Like, now he looks right. older, but yeah. Now he looks older. Yeah, now he yeah. sucks also. He's the owner of the Hornets. Oh, he's terrible. Whatever. Oh, is he? I yeah. Can't say I All these guys. We can do the whole sports wormhole for. Yeah, we can do right? a whole sports podcast. But I'll end on podcast. like, they all try to be owners, like Derek Jeter, and they're all terrible. Yes. Just stick to playing yeah. and go away. And like, stick pop up once a while. No, that's right. my theory. Stick to what you know. Okay, so we're going to talk about. Um, Life as an SEO agency. Sure. And I'm going to ask you for a favor. Okay. okay. So a lot of the questions I, I, I think I'm going to ask, um, you can take them in two directions. You can offer your general best practice advice. Please, if you could, don't do that. I don't want to know what best okay. practices. I want to know what you actually do. I want it to be messy. Okay. Yeah? Okay, cool. I, I will, what is it? What do they call it? It's like the, uh, the effed up nights, you know, where, where you yeah. give all the, the, the true story. That's right. I, if, I, if I wanted to hear general practice and cliches, I could just go to Google and find 10 articles, top 10 ways to build your agency and learn nothing. Right. Yeah. I, I will give you as much as uh, my NDA from, uh, from my company allows. Okay. That's fine. I don't want to get you fired. Then. That's true. Yes. Yeah. And Ari is a real, like, he's a tyrant, I heard. No, Ari's the I'm best. Joking. I, I'm I joking. Say, no, I know you're joking. Ari's the best. And, and I will say that everything I've learned over the years has come from him. Um, and it, it takes a village. It doesn't, it's not just one person. And being the managing director, there's no way that I would have been able to do anything that I'm able to do without Ari. So I do want to say like a huge thank you to him for 
investing in me, training me, and uh, taking me from an SEO analyst or associate or whatever my position was at the time and building me into this managing director and just a huge thank you there. Digging for a raise, digging for a raise. Yeah, got to. <laughs> okay, so let's start this off by, um, you know, as an SEO agency, let's just get people sort of on the same page. What goes into running an SEO agency day to day? What are some of the foundational things that you're doing and, you know, that kind of thing? Sure. So there's like really two parts to it, if not three. There's the people stuff, which I like to joke is like just getting people to be happy at what they're doing and invest in what they're doing. Because at the end of the day, the people are who really make up the agency. And I would say that uh, 60% of my job is really just investing in people. Um, And people means anything from working with them on their campaigns to negotiating with them what their vacation days will be because everyone on their same team wants to take off at the same time. And we do have clients to service and we need to make sure that that's happening. Um, But running an SEO agency requires a lot of moving parts because you have the demand of clients who want work to be done and you have the demand of people and you have the demand of um, just life and, and making sure that you're always on top of and looking through the hiring schedule of, okay, well, if we have this client coming on, then we need this many more people in the future because we still want to do have more clients come on. So that means that we would need to hire now because if someone's at a job, they need to give a month's notice and hiring takes, And you just have to always be in this like calculation. And I do think that we sometimes learned it the hard way where we're like, oh, crap, we need to hire tomorrow. But the problem is, is you can't hire tomorrow. You have to hire six weeks ago and just making sure that you're following that cycle. Um, So there's a lot that goes into it. I would say organization is key. And we could definitely dig in more there because we've learned a lot over the years. making sure that things are transparent and there's team conversations because so much takes place in a quiet office that you forget sometimes to actually tell the team that's involved. I jump on a phone with a client because they had a question about something and I forget to update the account manager. That's a really bad position to be in because now they get on their weekly call and they had no idea what I just talked about. Oh, that's fun. That's great. had those scenarios and we just like, oh yeah, I forgot. Sorry. (laughs) Because 10 other things happened in the meantime and I forgot to tell them that Um, the client actually wanted to see X, Y, and Z, and I promised that. So just making sure that there's that line of communication too. How do you, how do you check yourself on that? Like what do you, cause I'm, I'm bad like this. I, I have a terrible memory and the only way I get through making sure that I remember to do what I'm supposed to do when those sort of follow up things is like have, I have all these like backups in place. So what do you do to make sure that you don't do that? So we use Slack. I would say Slack is key. Whereas like, I'll just sometimes like jet out something in like a client room. It'll be like, you know, rank ranger and just make sure to update them of of what we just talked about and say, follow up with me later and kind of nudge them and put it on them that they have to remember to follow up with me. Um, We use monday.com internally. It's a great, great platform. If you haven't checked it out, big fan of it. I see their Um, ads on YouTube all the time now. I'm sure they're everywhere. If you go to Tel Aviv, you see like the big building, oh, really? that, that all, the hiring stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're fantastic. And, and we really like to use the boards there. Personally, I like Google tasks just for myself. Um, just helps me stay organized agendas. I'm like an ass about agendas of like, make sure that everything has an agenda and follow up with it that way. Otherwise it completely gets lost. Yeah. Uh, and just making sure that, you've got it written down someplace because just like you, if it's in my head, that's not good enough and I will lose it and forget about it until two weeks later. I swear. I still write, I still have like a, a pen and paper list for like my, my weekly plan that I really? still use. Yeah. Cause you know what? I have like, I have like these spreadsheets and I have whatever it is. And at the end of the day, if I have a piece of paper in front of me, I literally can't forget about it. It's like literally in front of me <laughs> all week long. That's how bad I am. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I've ditched pen and paper ages ago. I, everything's on my computer, uh, notepad, this, that, it all lives in like some type of doc. And then just making sure I'm a late afternoon person. So like five o'clock, I'll be sitting in the office just trying to remember and sending out the emails of all the things that happened through the day. But that's just me and I'm not a morning person. So it works better that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a morning person either. I'm not really an afternoon or evening person at the same time. So that's kind of weird. Anyway, um, you mentioned about um, a new hire. I'm going to go a little out of order when I wanted to speak yeah. about. Yeah, let's do new hires because it's hard to find people. So what do you do when you can't? Like, how do you pull it off? 
It's really interesting that you say that. And, um, you know, we kind of are, are trying to figure that out now. And I think we're at that like pivotal point within our agency, um, to be transparent where we're like, you know, maybe actually we've not necessarily tapped out all of, uh, the local audience, but maybe we need to start thinking creatively. So we were not necessarily looking at, um, full-time remote or, or out, we're, sorry. We're not looking at outsourcing, but we weren't necessarily looking at hiring full-time employees remotely. We do have an office out in Glasgow, and so we're trying to think of like maybe building up there because there's some interesting talent that exists in other locations. Um, what do we look for in a hire? We want someone who has like digital marketing interests, whether it's that they've worked on content someplace or they've done social, but just that they have like a digital marketing bug in them. Because if it's just, I'm looking to switch careers, maybe I'll check out SEO, it lasts, but it doesn't keep them. And and I think that in the early years of our agency, we found that we were hiring people who did a great job for a short time period. But when it came to staying with the agency and really growing within it and looking to expand their career, it wasn't necessarily the right fit for them. It's funny that you say that, by the way, because we have the same issue, right? We've had the philosophy, okay, well, we are happy to take you have an interest in digital marketing, no background in it. We'll teach you, we'll train you, and so forth. Um, but I, at least I can say on the content side of things, I found that's really hard. And I found that it doesn't tend to work out long term. But then the problem is, how do you find somebody? And this is like my personal problem. How do you yeah. find somebody who can write content and knows SEO at the same time? So if you've actually looked, our Kahina blog is probably not as strong because we don't necessarily... We don't, first of all, I'm, we don't I'm not using this as an example. That's, that's my personal. Uh, like, you know, you have multiple yeah. skills because it's not just one thing. Right. So that's a, that's when it comes to like the T-shaped marketer and, and where we find that different people have different interests. Maybe one person is more analytical and really enjoys the data analysis with it. Um, so they will really enjoy like looking at monthly reports and helping and, and being involved in, in the reporting structure. Writers. We don't necessarily typically work with, we actually had a, a, a case, and I hope Ari doesn't kill me for sharing this, but we hired someone to be a, a content writer. And she was fabulous and an excellent writer, but the minute she got her hands dirty in SEO, she's like, I actually really enjoy SEO. Ah, <laughs> and she wanted to, nice. to kind of grow within SEO. So using her only as a content writer didn't work out within our within our team. But we, we kind of look for people who, who have like a, a widespread skill set and have that interest in all of those different areas. When we're hiring someone, we give a practical um, that kind of involves all of those different things because we want to test in all those areas because that's all part of like the day-to-day work. A lot of our clients are like Fortune 500 companies with multiple locations, so it maybe doesn't just require one set of skills. They require different skill sets. Like we'll need someone who can talk to developers about SPAs, and then we'll also need someone who can write content for category pages. So within that team, we'll have different people with different strengths um, just to make sure that we're covering all of our areas. So when you're looking for somebody, are you casting a wide net and sort of seeing what comes in and saying, okay, that person is good at this and this, we can fit them over here? Or are you really looking at the onset like very specifically to find one you know, sort of profile? Probably casting a wide net and seeing where they would fit because these things also surprise us. And you'd be surprised of maybe someone doesn't even know what they don't know. And they pick up something else might, you know, much, much quicker or, or it becomes more of an interest to them. So we'll, we'll cast that wide net and, and see what it comes down to. Um, see what, see what interests them. Right. Okay. Um, I want to jump back to something you said before about outsourcing that you don't do it. And I'm, I'm curious why is it an ego thing? Like we're an sure. SEO agency. We don't want to outsource anything. Is it a money thing? Is it, nah, we just don't do it. Mm-hmm. We don't do it because I would say that we really invest in our clients and our clients are hiring us and not for us to hire someone else. So we have that trust within our clients. We want it to be that the person that they're talking to and face-to-face or getting in a meeting with is someone who works for Kahina and Kahina alone. Well, that's cool. We just have really personal relationships with our clients and to outsource would just take away from that, that relationship. That makes a lot of sense, actually. It's very ethical of you guys. Would you hire a freelancer or is that just not worth it? Freelancer is a little bit different and, and maybe we would consider it in the future, but internal hires are definitely the best. Um, 
we typically work with clients who have their own content writers. So content is maybe an area we would consider outsourcing or working with. Yeah. Content's always like that. It's like, yeah, content kind of fits into that gray area of you feel like you can work with someone else on it, I guess. (laughs) Right. I mean, by the way, that's not always so simple either. It's not. It's really, really I've been there. Yeah. I mean, we get these documents from clients sometimes of like brand guidelines and it could take you, you know, two hours just to get through that of understanding that use this word and not this word. And we sell things for this, but not this. And two words that mean the exact same thing, but it's just how they want to make sure that they, their brand image appears. Right. So a lot of that stuff, we just really need to to own ourselves because it's really hard and difficult to to outsource that and and make sure someone writes in the same way that, that we would want to. It's hard to find. I was talking to um, um, Cami Jenkins. I don't know if you know who she is. She's worked at Moz for a while. I think now she's at maybe Botify. I don't remember. But she has a whole idea of like trying to find the full stack content writer, the the one writer who can do everything. It's mythological. The only person I know who could do that is me. I'm joking. I cannot do document. <laughs> don't ask me to write documentation. I will. Really? Yeah, I, it's not my thing. So technical writing is not. Technical writing future. is not. As you can tell, I'm not a dry person. And writing that way is like creative suicide for me. I just can't do it. But it kills your soul. It kills, it kills my soul. soul. I die a little bit each time I write another word of documentation. I'd say the documentation on the Rank Ranger site is excellent. It's, though, and so it's I not me. It, that yeah. is <laughs> that it. is not me. The person who does that is amazing at it. Like really yeah. like on top of it, like detail. It's really good. And it's not me. That's why it's good. Are they looking for work? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it can, is it possible? Do you think when you're looking for a writer, let's say, or even even with an SEO, because there's so many, there's technical SEO, there's you know, there's the holistic side of SEO, the content side of SEO. Are these like full stack personalities or full stack capabilities? Are they really out there? Is that sort of from your experience? It's a nice idea, but you're not really gonna find that. It, I would say it's a nice idea, but you're not really gonna find it. It's really hard for a person to have everything. Um, I joke, I would never be hired by Kahina now because my writing is just so terrible. I wouldn't even get my foot <laughs> through the door. That like my page text that I would, that we, we require people to write for the test, it just wouldn't have even passed. Um, because I think that, and that's what we look at and we understand that different people have different skills. Timing so, is everything. Timing is yes, everything. Exactly. Fourth hire versus 20th is much, that's much right. different. That's very true. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, I meant to ask you, when you're deciding to hire somebody, how do you know it's the right time to hire somebody? You don't. You have to take a risk. Um, we kind of look at our business development pipeline or look at how long people have been around and just taking a, zoom, a zoomed out approach and saying, where are we at? Where do we want to be? What are our goals for this quarter or this year? We are really very much um, kind of able to just decide that for ourselves. Another topic, which I'm sure we'll go into, is we've never actually done any active business development. It's all kind of been reactive and word of mouth. So if we decide that we want to go on a proactive biz dev approach, we need to make sure that we have the bench that's ready to to accept that, which means hiring earlier because you have to have a training time. Um, And we work with an associate, you know, and and making sure that the people are ready for, for when we have those clients come on. So I want to ask you a far more, I want to ask you a far more, um, Sensitive question. That that last question is really build up for a much more uncomfortable question. Okay. How do you scale back? Or um, how, I don't know if you ever have. So you don't speak from experience, maybe from your imagination. If you had to scale back, how would you know when to do it? When would you do it? Because let's say let's imagine a scenario: you you lose a really big client, let's say, which would never happen to you. I'm not saying that would ever happen. Um, but if you know, let's say that you know their 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 company fell off the earth, like literally it fell off the earth, so now they're not there anymore, so that you can't charge them. They can, get, what would you do? How would you know when to scale back? Is it worth it to scale back? Because maybe something else will come in, and then you have to rebuild again, and that's a whole pain in the ass. How do you handle that? So we would never scale back, and maybe I shouldn't say never, but at this point, we've never scaled back just because a client left. When a client leaves, we just use it as a time as a learning experience. We do like a internal postmortem to kind of understand like, yes, it could just be that their own business and there's absolutely nothing we could have done, but there's still something we could have done because maybe we could have noticed the flag and we would have seen that the, the writing was out there, that this was about to happen. And maybe we should have looked at and started BizDev earlier and, and tried to, to fill that gap. But we would never uh, fire or let people go just because a client left. 
Um, we just use it as a time to say, okay, let's use this as a chance to work on ourselves internally. Maybe come up with and, and develop better templates and better systems. Maybe now is a good time to update our monthly report template or work on something else that would help future clients, but we just don't have the capacity to do or the bandwidth to do because we're just busy with the client work. That's interesting. Okay, so I, I, something you said in there really got me thinking for, for a moment. Um, I don't know if it's too awkward or not to, to talk about, but um, okay, let's, let's, let's go with it anyway. Go for it. Try it. And just I, try it. I can try to be a politician on it. Okay. You know, when you lose a client, you mentioned, you know, you start, you start thinking and you start reflecting and whatever it is. Um, I'm wondering, you know, why do you lose clients? Because I'm not saying yeah. that you're, you're bad and you're losing. Everybody loses oh. clients. No. Um, client, it's natural that clients leave. We've lost clients for so many different reasons that there's no, like, one-size-fits-all reason that, that clients uh, w- would decide to leave. But I can tell you this, that clients never leave because of results. It's because of something else that's happened or something else. Results is is just kind of a part of the, the general relationship. And if a client leaves, it's something because maybe they've had some internal shifts and the director of marketing has decided to move on to another agency, or sorry, not another agency, another company. And the person that they hired has a team that they've worked with in the past and therefore has decided to bring that agency with her yep. or him. Or maybe um, a client's left because they've decided that, you know what, this is going so well, we're actually going to hire someone internally because we realize that we want someone who can manage it from start to finish in-house. Um, there's just been so, so many different reasons. Um, sometimes clients have left because they feel like we're sending them so many recommendations and so many things to do that they don't have the bandwidth to be able to <laughs> work with us. No, that's and, a good And they point. just feel bad because they're like, getting on these month, these weekly calls and they're just like, yeah, we saw those recommendations. Nope, we haven't approved them. Nope, we haven't done that yet. And they're like, it's just not worth it for us because if you're sending us so many things and, and we're just not replying, maybe now's not a good time within our own structure to, to work with you. Yeah, and that's a whole different um, question we could talk about. But I just I recently did an episode with um, Heather Fiziak about this, like making sure your clients are on board with you because of that, yeah. because of that problem. It's so difficult and clients have so many different pressures in themselves. And, and I would say that really getting to understand, and that's where like relationship comes in. And we're focusing a lot, I would say in end of 2019 and beginning of 2020 um, on just relationship building. Because I think that once you understand what's going on within the client, you can see that relationship flourish. Just knowing that, you know what, this client actually just hired a new CEO and the CEO has this and this pressure and therefore, that's being reflected on our marketing director. And the marketing director is reflecting that pressure on us. So finding a way to, to help them and help them support them in their own role so that they can support their CEO and feel good about their job. It's just it's a lot of psychology, actually, yeah. is, is what it comes down to. And, and it's fun in that sense. Well, I mean, it's a lot of psychology. Or you could just, when in doubt, send them a bottle of scotch. That'll probably go over well yeah, and heal exactly. any relationship problems. Then make it single Chocolates malt. Chocolates go a long Chocolate, way. Chocolate, right? Chocolate, scotch, <laughs> whatever it is. Food and liquor go a yes. long way. That um, is true. So from losing clients, mm-hmm. well, I, I, I have a follow-up question. I knew I had another question. How do you evaluate when you lose a client? Like, what, What's your process? Like, how do you figure out why they left? Well, you know, was it us? Was it them? It's like when you break up with somebody. Yeah. Right? Was it you or me? Was yeah. it me? Uh, was the fact that I didn't shower for a month, whatever it is, that I made you pay every time, all the different things. Like, how do you figure it out? So we'll actually jump on a call with them and we'll say, hey, do you have a few minutes to chat? We'd love to try to get an understanding oh, that's of awkward. what happened. It's really awkward and I will say that it's not me who does it. We have a client engagement manager who gets on these <laughs> calls. And she'll... <laughs> did you wait? Did you hire a client and, and create that position solely because you didn't want to have to do this? We created that position about a year ago, and it's because we just realized that there's so many things that were going on that sometimes we needed someone to ask those tough questions. And when you're too much in the weeds of it, and you're the one who's been on the call, you don't necessarily want to ask, "How do you think I'm doing?" And they might not give you that same honest answer that they would give the client engagement manager. Um, and She's just learned over time um, to, to pick up on those naps and, and understand what questions to ask. Take that deep breath and say, are you happy with our service? And you'd be so interested to hear. And, and we're gaining so much insight from that, um, from having those conversations. And part of it is getting on the calls after clients have decided to leave. 
Um, it doesn't happen often, and I will say, you know, pat on the back for Kahina that for the most part, we have really good partnerships and really good relationships that last a long time. But when those things happen, you do want to understand why. And so we'll get on that call and we'll say, what's going on? Um, you know, what's happening? And we'll try to understand where things went wrong. And she'll ask those pointed questions and we'll take that recording and she'll do a write up for us, for the team, give us all that feedback. And sometimes her response really is just, there's nothing we can do. They just don't have the budget. <laughs> and right. You don't know. Right. Yep. Oh, okay. Now I can ask my other question. Secret sauce time. How do you, what's the, you know, like the real story. How do you find new clients? I know you don't want to say because you don't want other people no. listening to say, oh, now I'm going to do that. I'm going to steal Kahina potential clients because no one wants to say the real truth because everyone's worried about everybody else. But really, how do you do it? The real, real truth is we have really strong client relationships and advocates and they just send our contact information to their friends or they've moved to a new company and bring us with them. I would say that we probably have, have like six or seven, maybe like advocates, we would, I would call them. Brand are, ambassadors. There are brand ambassadors or um, what, what is it? Influencers. Influencers. Who right. What other buzzword can we throw around? Yeah, and, and all of those people really just share our name and, and the groups that they're in um, and, and share it within their places. You know, I'm in Facebook groups and I'll comment sometimes and, and see if someone's like, hey, does anyone know an SEO agency or a PPC agency? And, right. and I'll comment on those posts. But I would say majority of our clients really come from the relationships that we build and how those people share our information with their friends. Yeah, it's hard to find an enterprise client in a Facebook group. Like, oh, look, exactly. the CEO of, I don't know, of General Motors in a Facebook group, and he saw me post yeah, in there. That, or she saw me posting there. I don't know if it's not where she. it's coming from. No, that, no, that's not where it's coming from. But it's coming from they move, you know, they work maybe at a small company and then they've moved to a bigger company and then that company becomes enterprise. It, it's all just relationships. Right. No, that's the best. That's why it's it takes really time. Fast. There's no over. Overnight secret sauce. Yeah, and it's amazing because we even, um, I don't know, on the record, off the record, I'll just say it. Just but say we, it. we, one of our clients, one of the, the biz dev items we had this week was from someone who knows, that, who had reached out to a, someone that they know because they were looking for an SEO agency, and this person recommended us. That person hasn't even signed with us yet, nice. and they recommended us to someone else. But they had heard good things from other people that they know in their network. So it's just a lot of networking. Have, um, have you ever thought of sure. hanging out at like the country club when they're playing golf and be like, hey, anybody need a SEO agency? A, a little bit. And the only reason that I've thought of that is because uh, I guess shout out to my mom. She was a, a president of a country club in Chicago, the first oh, nice. female president. So I thought of like kind of saying to her, any of those people on your board, do they want SEO agencies? You nice, know, nice. Chicago, downtown. How about we use our biz dev there? But you don't want to mess family and work. It's just not a good idea. You don't do family. I mean, from my perspective, you don't do family in anything. But yeah, family work is a bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so because we're talking about business in general, I want to try to focus in a little bit on business as SEO, which is complicated because SEO, there's SEO, there's PPC, there's so many things to do and so many aspects of what it is, and it's all changing at the same time. I'm wondering how the heck hell do you stay updated on it all? Because for example, like I cannot stay updated on PPC and SEO at the same time. Like, I give up. It doesn't work for me. So I'm like, all right, mm -hmm. I'll like put PPC, I'll look right. at the articles, whatever it is. But how do you stay up to date with everything? Because you're a complete, you know, you're a complete agency, right? Yeah. So how do you, you do that? You have to have a solid for that. So we have a director of online advertising. So it's kind of in, in his sphere to just make sure that he's up to date on the on okay. the, the PPC That's side good. Easy. And, this is your really problem. You figure it out. <laughs> That's your problem. You're, you're the director of this part, Sean. You figure this out. Nice. So I really just, yeah, I, I leave it to him. And, and uh, in our weeklies, I'll, I'll check with him and, and maybe, you know, just on Slack, you know, hey, anything I should know about? I saw this article. How does this impact things? But on SEO, SEO, I mean, you know, we're, we're at the beginning of February right now when we're recording this. And this past couple of weeks was just a featured snippet update. As so good. Like, so good isn't she on off yes no like it, it's really been a a um a wave of emotions i would say to understand exactly what's going to be happening it's there. still not finished and you really don't want to make it's still, it's not, still not, finished. not done we're only like halfway there we're on it's february 6th right now by the way for anybody like it's what do you mean it's been finished for weeks already it's february 6th and they haven't moved yeah. the right hand side feeder step is back to the middle column we're not back they haven't moved it right. yet 
But we have style. no logos within the SERP of desktop. So that is right. gone. That, that, that's where we're Thank at today. Thank God that's gone, by the way. Oh, maybe not for you. Oh if, you're doing, if you're doing enterprise brands, I always thought like that's a great thing for them. Because if, if, I'm on the, if I'm on the SERP and I'm a big brand, I don't know, like I'm Sony or whatever it is, and next to me is like Bob's Electronics, screw Bob's Electronics. I don't know what his logo looks like. I'm going to click on Sony. So maybe you do want Favicons. Yeah, but I think, I, I think that the, the paid search just made it so much more difficult to even get to that organic result that people are probably, before you even see Sony versus Bob, right. it's already like three paid ads and then a featured snippet. And then people also ask, that it, it was just so dilated that it's amazing. It diluted, sorry, it's amazing. diluted that you couldn't even see it. So um, I mean, one thing I would say is like, first of all, if you're doing solid SEO and you're doing solid work, most of the changes aren't things you necessarily need to worry about. Right, that's true. Because the the main things and and the um, you know the core of what SEO is of on-site optimization, internal linking, page text, title tags, like. The, the real core of what SEO is hasn't changed over time. It's just when you're looking at kind of the more like grayer areas of what type of link building, no follow, yes follow, and all of that. When you're working with that type of SEO, that's when it really becomes more of a, you really need to stay up to date on, on what the industry follows. Well, that's like when um, Google says, write good content. Like that's true. Although yeah. the question is, what does good content look like now versus a month ago or even a, or, you know, even a week ago? Because when they, you know, there goes another update, maybe good yeah. content has changed. But you right. know, let's take the feeder snippet as a good case because Google deduplicated the feeder snippets, right? So the organic URL is the feature snippet. There's not a second showing among the top results. Mm-hmm. And you're right. That like, doesn't really change much. There's nothing you can do that's going to change anything, right? Yeah. Either you rank in the feature snippet or you don't, assuming that you can or can't get that feature snippet. Fine. That's another question. Let's just say you rank for that feature snippet. There's nothing you can do now. It's, you don't get the second result, and that's it. But um, for a while, let's say let's take Rank Ranger, right? So there was like mm-hmm. a day or two period where, actually, no, there was one day. There was one day where your rankings look kind of weird, right? Because your organic rank was two, and now it was you know fifty five because Google pushed uh-huh. it back before they completely deduplicated it. And really, you're 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 the top position. Your feature snippet. You're number one. But your reports look a little bit different now, at least for that one day with Frank right. Ranger. Right, we fixed that really quickly. I'm laughing. But, I'm laughing because I literally just had this conversation with a client about an hour ago. Right. So, okay, so what do you do? How do you handle the this? Report, we just kind of said, you know what? To be honest, things are really changing within the industry, and we just wanted to keep you updated. But, however, if you look at the SERP Live, you have this featured snippet position. So, right. yes, your ranking report shows that you went from one to six. But at the same time, you're really still number one. And just know that we've got your back. And, and just showing them that example, we keep clients up to date. We inform clients when things happen. We'll send out an email. Um, first thing I'll do when I see that there's any change within the industry is I'll write something up for the team, make the team send it out because we want to make sure that our clients know what's going on and they're not reading some, I don't know, um, you know, article in the New York Times about some change with Google. And they're like, well, why didn't my SEO agency tell me about this? Right. So we just need to make sure that our clients are aware of what's taking place. And that's all about that relationship. But how do you do that when it gets complicated? When it gets complicated, what do you mean by that? Like, I'll give you an example, okay? So let's say the feeder snippet thing. So now you rank number one. Now you can rank number one as a standard organic result. You can rank number one as a feature snippet. Those are not the same thing, right? So if you use Rank right. Ranger, we show you the icons. We tell you you can filter whatever it is when you're a feature snippet, when you're not a feature snippet. But like we understand that, I understand that, you understand that. But like you know, Joe or Mary or whoever the executive of a company is, like I don't understand. Like features, I'm number one. Is there, is there a difference between number one like this and number one like that? How do you? How do we you send do them? That? I mean, I'm I'm trying to think of like you know an actual situation. Most of the time, our clients really do understand it enough that we're able to kind of give them that that one liner, and and they get what we're talking about. But if we have to dig in, I would say screenshots are key. Just making sure that you're showing them a picture of, of, of what the cert looked like before and after and having that visibility. Um, showing them how, yes, you're not ranking in this place, but this place. It's all very new, so I think we're still kind of learning a bit. Yeah, that's a um, bad going case, back maybe. to like acting quickly on, on changes, one of the things I was actually thinking about was uh, the meta description updates. You remember that when like Google all of a sudden gave us these like paragraphs of meta descriptions yeah. and Everyone was like updating it to be yeah, 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 yes, very much so. We broke so, that news. We, we broke that. That was us. 
Yeah, you guys heard about that. Also. No, we broke it. We were oh, the one. We broke it. Yeah, we oh, broke that. that. Yeah, we were the, we track because we track the description length on our free Surfeature Tracker tool, and you you, you could just like see like a spike. Oh. So yeah, props to Rank Ranger. So so when Rank Ranger was bold enough to break that that That's right. breaking news. That's what um, we do here. We did take a look at our, our meta descriptions and we're like quickly like, oh, crap, we need to update these and we need to make it longer to get that more real estate. And then it changed again. That's right. So I think from that, that kind of caught us of like, let things sit, don't react fast, do things smart. And, and when you're doing smart SEO, you'll see that these changes are just kind of like a little bit here and there and it doesn't impact the overall result. That's sound advice. And yeah. before I have a fun little question for you, but before that, I want to ask you, um, life is full of regrets. Mm-hmm. Looking back in your career at Kahina and in SEO and, and building up your agency, what do you regret? What, what, what do you regret? Was not, what has not gone right if you could redo it again? I think the thing that I've learned over time is how much uh, the people stuff, I say in quotes, matters is really understanding of like, What's important to people when you're hiring them and what will keep them on long term? Um, whether it's flex time or the ability to um, work from home here and there when things are important. Um, just noticing that their, their lives change over time and really kind of understanding of, of what keeps them on and what keeps them a part of the team is, is so, so important because it doesn't matter that they're doing awesome work and they have like the top clients that they could ever work on that are these big companies that like if you woke up in the morning you're like i'm actually working with this brand if they're not happy because of of something that is so changeable had you had that conversation it it just doesn't make a difference um so just understanding what's important to each person and i would say that some of the regrets are you know there's the small things of like you know i really wish we would have caught that earlier with that client and and we could have kept them on because at the end of the day, they're an important client and every client matters, but that was so fixable had we had this conversation at the right time. Um, those are the things that, that I think I'm still learning and, and trying to, to continue to learn from. So don't be a hard ass, basically. Yeah, don't be a hard ass. Okay. People are people and clients are clients and just make sure that you're you're having those awkward conversations because you grow from it and I'm <laughs> terrible at that. <laughs> good. Why don't you like us? Yeah. Please tell us. Why are you dumping me? No. Right, right. Was it was I not pretty enough for you or smart enough for you or is it is it yeah. my yeah. That's awkward. No. Good for you for awkward. doing it though. That is awkward. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So, if you listen to this show, I have this thing called Optimize It or Disavow. It's where I give you two um, either really good options or two really bad options. And you're stuck either choosing from a really good option over another really good option or you're stuck having to choose from two really bad options. This is the Rachel Slovin version of Optimize It or Disavow It. And because I, I'm a fan of your um, CEO, Ari Nachmani, um, I have an awkward question for you, and I don't want to put you. I don't want to put you in a spot or anything. But when running an SEO agency, what's more important to have: good leadership, you know, like like a quality CEO like Ari, or good employees? And you, you can't be. It depends. No, I'm not doing it. Depends. Okay, nice. Thank I, you. I, I, I won't do that. Thank you so um, much. I, I would joke and say good clients, but I will. Uh, I will skip that. That's acceptable. Good it, it's the other. Is a is a good answer, but I would say um good employees that turn into the good leadership. Because <laughs> that isn't it depends, but okay. It's not that it depends. It's like it's it's so I guess good leadership because good oh, leadership okay. is all of the leadership at Kahina is people who have started off in within the weeds and and grown into the positions that they're at. So when they're able to say like, I have walked the walk, I know what it was like when I was in your shoes. And therefore, I'm going to help you because I know that X, Y, and Z is what's important and making sure that they can see both sides of the coin. You can see what is on the employee side and you also know what comes from the leadership side of, of what we need out of our employees. And I think that it helps our staff also see that there is room to grow, that we're not just hiring someone to work over them. We're giving them the opportunity and, and giving them the chance to, to kind of grow into their role. That was an amazing way to straddle that line. Beautifully done, really. If you're in the leadership of Kahina, you enjoyed that. If you're an employee at Kahina, you enjoyed that. That was wonderful leadership on your part. Uh, 
thank you, thank you. Have you ever thought of a career as a politician? No, I have. Abs- I'm from Chicago. You don't want to. Oh, that's politics. right. Chicago. We don't. How's the Daily Family? Are uh, they still in I charge there? I am embarrassed to say I have absolutely I have no, no idea. No, 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 Rahm Emanuel. Oh, he's oh, a mayor. It was, um, it was, what's his face? Rahm Emanuel. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, the, the entourage. From your neighborhood. Brother. Yeah, the entourage brother. <laughs> right, right. From yeah. Literally, from your neighborhood. No? from He's from Israel. Yeah. Israel, yeah. Check that I out. I think so. Yeah, yes. I do think so. I believe he is. That's a, well, what an amazing way to end our time together. Exactly. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been awesome, fantastic, and Tons of fun. Thank you, Morty. Thanks for having me. And as I said, definitely come check out our office. I think we're, we're neighbors here, aren't we? Uh, we, are, we are close. We, I, I work very much remotely a lot of the time because I'm not a people person. Actually, that's not true. I'm a people person. And that's sort of the problem because I like to get things done at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm around. I'm around. I'll, I'll stop by one of these days. All right. Sounds good. Thanks cool. so much. Have Thanks. a good day. You too. Bye-bye. And we are back to your regularly scheduled In Search SEO podcast. Brighter days are ahead of us, folks. This will not last forever. Right. It can't last forever. Baseball needs to come back. Who? Baseball needs to come not back. Baseball. Okay. Yes, baseball. I've been watching old baseball games. That's how pathetic I am. <laughs> it's true. I'm watching the. I'm currently watching the 2000 World Series between the Yankees and the Mets. Okay. I'm a loser. Yes, you are. I get it. It's fine. I'm okay with that. Good. With that, with me being a loser. Yeah. I don't really know how to use it to go into the next segment. I just, <laughs> I'm like, how do I use that? I don't know. With me being a loser, Sapir, could you please hit it with the news? So we live in a coronavirus world. Yes, we do. Yes, yeah. we do. And to paraphrase the shins, who you don't know who they are. Forget uh, it. Keep going. I'm sorry. Can I? Okay. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. Uh, okay. As such, Google has added support for new elements to event schema to help you indicate an event has been canceled or postponed, and so forth. At the same time, schema.org has introduced markups specifically related to coronavirus, such as markup to indicate if the site is a testing facility. That's really good. Yeah. That's very timely, very on the spot. Yeah. Good for you, schema. Good for you, Google. Right. Okay. Bing has released a tracker. Who? Bing. What's that? You know what it is. I know. <laughs> okay. Listen, this one is actually pretty good, so. I know, that was a cliche joke. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> okay. Bing has released a tracker that will show the number of corona cases per country and how many of those cases have recovered, etc. Yeah, and Google actually put out their own website. But by the way, Bing's is actually easier to use and more user-friendly. Right. So it's really good. Go go, Bing. Yeah. It's, yeah. Okay. Check out both. See for yourself. Make your own decision. Bing is better. Thank you, Marty. I never thought I would say that. Okay. Per our SERP feature tracker, Google has removed the right-hand side featured snippets. These snippets have moved to the main results column. Right. So, by the way, go Rank Ranger. We were yeah. the first ones to find that and report Woo-hoo. on that, so we're awesome. We're so good. Yeah. This is in response to deduplication. So originally, Google said that they would deduplicate the right-hand side feature snippets second URL or the URL in the organic results, and people freaked out because CTR is going to drop if you don't have a URL in the main column. So Google said, okay, fine, we'll move that right-hand side snippet over to the main column. Before Google did that, Google killed off about half of these things. And then now as of last week, Google pulled it into the main column column if you do by the way and i was fooled i will admit it if you do see that there are some queries that still produces right hand side panel that looks kind of like a feature snippet but not really like a knowledge panel but sort of like both it's actually a knowledge panel and the way you can tell is if there's a share button in the panel itself so noted or note it thanks marty you're welcome moving on google said that it may take a more nuanced approach to site speed as a ranking factor Yep. I'm all, I'm always on the fence with the site speed focus thing. Right. The conflicting I'm conflicted in the relative importance. Like so example, all the other sites on the SERP with you are slow. So Google's going to take a more nuanced approach. Okay, but everywhere else you're competing with is really slow anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. I digress. Google will not prevent news content hidden by paywalls from from appearing on the SERP. Stupid. 
especially in in today's times, really annoying. You're searching for coronavirus news, and you get the Wall Street Journal showing up there, and you have to pay to see it. And then, okay, fine, I'll go back and look at the second article on the carousel, and it's from another carrier, another publisher, rather, where you have to pay to see the, the article. I find it really annoying. I find this where Google is always about what's good for the user. Well, in this case, it's what's good for news publishers and not for the user. So bit of a contradiction from my opinion. I'm really opinionated, no? I said that way too fast. I am very opinionated, though. Yeah. So take it or leave it. Okay. Did you say I am? <laughs> very opinionated. That was redundant. That what? was I, I already said I was. Yeah. That was redundant. Okay. I was just like. Concurring. concurring. You were concurring. <laughs> and rubbing it in my face. <laughs> okay. Let me say the the last news item, okay? Okay, yes. So lastly, as a result of COVID-19, Google has disabled leaving local reviews or replying to them. Yeah, so temp is temporary, obviously. It's just because there's so much misinformation going on out there. It just, it, it, it's a whole mess. Yeah. So Google said, just let's just leave this for now. <laughs> kind of makes sense. I kind of like that one. Yeah, okay. Yep. Thank you, Sapir. That was yeah. very lovely news coverage. As usual. As usual. Oh, very lovely. You are a lovely person with lovely news coverage. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. With that comes our final but most funnest segment of the day. Yes. Our fun. Radically fun. Unbelievably fun. More fun than you will ever have because you're stuck in a room by yourself with four children. <laughs> our fun SEO send-off question. Today's send-off question is brought to you by the letter C and COVID-19. Okay, Sapir. Okay, dear listeners. What does Google do while in quarantine? Mm -hmm. Very, mm. very original. Yeah. Okay. Uh very, I th well, timely. Original. <laughs> timely. Time, right. Timely. Yeah. Very timely. Timely beats original sometimes. Uh, okay. Um, yep. I would say Google mm -hmm. is just working from home and getting fat like the rest of us. <laughs> By the way, I've eaten so much and drinking so I much. I know. Like, there's it's so bad. nothing to do at home but eat. You know what I mean? It's just... Uh, that's not because I'm bored. because I'm stressed. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm down grown. to half a bottle of... I drink, I finished my scotch. That's gone. <laughs> I have half a bottle of like, that fireball stuff, which I don't really like so much. But it's there, and I have a bottle of vodka left. And I have wine, I have beer. Don't worry. Don't worry about me. There's plenty of alcohol in my household. Uh, that's good to know. Yep, in case you were worried about me. I'm, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. My turn. Answer. What is Google doing while in quarantine? Yeah. Clearing poo off the door that his children <laughs> smeared. <laughs> What's Google doing? Everybody else is doing. It's sitting around with their hand in their pants watching Netflix. I'm getting Drinking fat. beer. Getting fat. Yeah. But loving it. <laughs> I saw I saw a great meme. It was like a picture of like of, of soldiers landing on the beach in D Day. Okay. How to save the world in nineteen forty four. And then a picture of a guy sitting on the couch like Al Bundy, like his hand in his pants watching TV eating peanuts. How to save the world in twenty twenty twenty. Oh man! So yeah, Google's just kind of sitting around, yeah, drinking scotch, 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 scotch. I love scotch. Having a good old time. Yeah, very, very original answer for me. The question was good. The answer kind of sucked. Okay. <sighs> what a world. Okay, don't get depressing on this show, Morty. Don't do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. We so appreciate you checking out the In Search SEO podcast. Tune in again next week. Tune in again next Tuesday for an all-new episode. Until then, it's been In Search because we're all in search of something. Stay well, be well, be healthy, and stay the indoors. Yeah. Toodles. <laughs>